0: what it do baby yeah yo what you do what it do baby what it do clipper nation welcome back to shoot the tray i am of course your host trey gamble and welcome back to episode 9 of our post game thoughts podcast i appreciate you guys for tuning in if you guys are new make sure you guys do follow me on twitter at trey lac underscore I uh, just kind of tweet about, you know, the Clippers, just kind of give my analysis. I live tweet almost every single game, whichever game I can watch. And so before we get into anything, I will not be able to watch the game on Sunday versus the Lakers, unfortunately. But I mean, LeBron and AD are going to be out. I mean, PG possibly going to be out I'm gonna talk more about that later. But the Stars are, for the most part, not going to be there. So I'm not totally mad or sad about missing that game. And it's a matinee game for whatever reason. The NBA put the Clippers and Lakers at a matinee game. I don't know what the hell the reasoning is behind that. But there will not be a post-game recap of that Sunday 1230 matinee game versus the Lakers. Just so everyone knows, uh, unfortunately. So this is going to be the first game I miss uh, my recap on ever since I started this pod. So anyways, going into tonight, the Clippers were coming off of a loss versus the star-studded magic. They're looking to bounce back tonight versus the Denver Nuggets who have the in my opinion MVP candidate leader and Nikola Jokic. That boy is crazy. That boy is special, man. He really really is. Uh PG was listed as out coming into tonight and he was later questionable and was eventually available. I'll talk more about that later. Like I said, Marcus Morris was questionable and he ended up playing tonight. So that was pretty cool. And of course tonight Unfortunately, without any fans, we welcome back Jermichael Green, who was one of my favorite Clippers. He's one of my favorite Clippers ever because of the way he carried himself. He was a straight dog. He was such a cool dude. Uh, I got to talk to him uh, at the Clipper game I went to back in 2019, uh, March 30th, 2019. So almost two years ago on the date, um, I was able to you know talk to Jermichael Green because I was sitting right next to the player's tunnel. And he came out, signed some monographs. So I-, I chopped it up with him for a bit. But... Uh, I just want to say I uh, appreciated I appreciate Jamichael for everything he did for the Clippers. He every single night he brought the energy. When the team was lackadaisical, he was always that guy that would bring the energy no matter what the circumstances were. And Game Seven against the Nuggets was a big, big, you know. A big game that where the team was just dead and Jermichael was he was playing his heart out. And that could have just been an audition to like the Nuggets like, hey, sign me. Give me this bag. Cause I'm trying to I'm trying to get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Jermichael Green Man. One of the best clippers to one, not one of the best clippers, one of the coolest clippers to ever play for the team. So let's head into our next segment, Buzz Around the League. And recently I went to the Uh, Suns bulls game Uh, i drove with my homie eight and a half hours to phoenix and during the drive there i got the news that boogie signed with the clippers or they were in discussions of signing a 10-day contract so if i was home i would have made a pod a short little pod just giving my thoughts about that so i'm gonna kind of give my thoughts on that so before that i just kind of want to talk about the Suns game i went to so uh my friend uh he kind of suggested to me hey Let's go to the Suns game. Let's go see some basketball. We haven't gone in a minute and we just kind of we kind of planned it right there. It was pretty late at night the night before. So we left here about 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, we drove, you know, eight and a half hours to Phoenix, Arizona. And I've never been to Arizona before, so this was my first time. So it was really, really good to see live basketball again. And obviously, there's a very limited amount of people that could go, but there was a decent amount of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, but where I was sitting, I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures on Twitter if you follow me at TrailAC underscore. I had a pretty, we had pretty good spots. We were um section one thirteen. So that's. Uh, I'm not sure how it is in Stables. I don't remember like the sections and stuff. But it's, it's, they were really good seats. It's, uh, it's towards center court, uh, like the first section in the middle there, um, farthest away from the bench, the opposite side of the bench. So if you're watching like a TV broadcast of the game, the cameraman was like right above us, if that makes any sense. So yeah, really, really cool game. Uh, the Suns ended up winning. Devin Booker had 45. That was just one of the greatest off That's the best offensive performance I've ever seen in person. Uh, I haven't been to a ton of NBA games in my life, so. But for Devin Booker to drop 45 like that, and Chris Paul had like 20 points and 14 assists. It was really, really cool. It was such a good game. Um, I miss watching Chris Paul play. It was uh, really good to see him play. And I, I had to cop myself a Chris Paul slant shirt. I just had to because, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Paul George guy, so I don't really fuck a book like that. But I love Booker's game. I, I really love that watching Devin Booker play. So enough with that. Enough with the Suns. Obviously I was reading for the Suns to lose. And unfortunately, you know, they lost. Zach Levine didn't play. Kobe White didn't play. So that was that was pretty frustrating and annoying. But Vooch had like twenty four and ten. So that was cool to see him uh ball out. And let's get into this boogie signing. Uh so Demarcus Cousins is in discussions. Nothing has been finalized yet. At the time I'm recording this, nothing has been finalized. The Clippers have until the fifth. Of April, so four days, almost three days from now, to sign Boogie, and I'm sure they're gonna do it because these Pat Pat minutes are pissing me off. I can't watch that dude play anymore. I'm sorry, especially at the backup five. Pat Pat is not a center. Period. He is a four. He's just more of a four. He's not. He's not big enough to be a center, uh, let alone a backup center that is playing significant amount of minutes with this depleted roster that we have on our hands right now. So. My initial thoughts of this was I'm I don't care because Boogie's not gonna get time, at least we think, because this I'm just concerned about Serenjabaka's injury because he's missed now 10 straight games, and there have been no signs of him making any progress until tonight. Until tonight he was finally on the court getting some shots. He was going pretty slow, but he was out there on the floor getting shots, and that's all that matters he's progressing i guess you could say he's actually on the court doing stuff now so he's sort of making some progress but who knows how much longer he's going to be out and obviously you know DeMarcus Cousins is not going to play that much and i just want to say how i'm so sad i have i feel so bad for the way DeMarcus Cousins their De- career has just declined ever since he tore his Achilles. That guy was due for two hundred million plus that off season. I'm pretty sure uh, that seen that same season, he was going to be a free agent. That man was due for the biggest bag of all time at- for a center or something like that. But he tore his Achilles, obviously, um, and then it was just downhill from there. He's been on ten day contracts. He's been waived by multiple teams. It's just a sad, it's sad thing, man. Just goes to show. What injuries can do, man. It's just insanely sad. But anyways, the signing. I didn't care much about the signing. I was like, eh, whatever. I kind of knew it was coming because the Clippers. I thought they would have made a strong push for Gorji Dang, but that didn't work out. So, uh, Demarcus Cousins was kind of like the last option because you know he was probably you know the best center on the market right now, Uh and the very very slim market to choose from. So this this signing. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, we really need a third center. Like I said, these Pat Pat minutes are disgusting. I can't stand Pat Pat back up five minutes. I mean, every now and then he'll make a three or whatever, but he was pretty he was pretty bad tonight against the Nuggets. So um, enough of that. Uh, I'm just praying for Serge Ibaka to get better. I mean, obviously he's progressing a little bit, so that's a good sign. But this you don't want this boogie signing to be to go to a point where we're gonna need him to play significant amount of time in the playoffs because if you go back to 2019. The Clippers playing against the Warriors. Boogie was a minus. He had a, if I remember correctly, he had a minus net rating. The Warriors had a minus net rating with him on the floor. So he was awful when he was on the floor against the Clippers. He was just, he was bad. Um, anyways, our next buzz around the league, the Bali Sports Takeover. Oh, yes. I had no, I honestly had no idea this was happening. Apparently, this has been like in the works for a while, or it's like, it's been scheduled to happen for a while. But I mean, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, obviously, I miss the Fox Sports music and stuff. I mean, that, that will always be in my head forever. The but I mean, the whole baldy sports thing. I didn't have. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, the 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 overlays look fine. Uh, I don't have, I know how. I'm like not too picky with overlays. If it's simple, I don't mind it because I I like it, I like simplicity. You know what I mean. So I wasn't mad at it. I mean, I mean, you're still watching Clipper games. Uh, but obviously, you don't get that nostalgic. You know, Fox Sports. Uh, music or anything, or that vibe, you know what I'm saying, so, I didn't have an issue with it, Um, I, I think it's gonna be alright, I mean, Bally Sports is like, it's like a complete takeover, like, Fox or whatever, from, to my knowledge, anyway, enough of that, man, enough rambling, it's been about 10 minutes, alright, let's get into this game, bro, I'm sorry I ramble a lot, I just kind of, I kinda, I just wanna have, like, a decent, you know, podcast for you guys, or whatever, uh, I'm gonna get some guests on here eventually, too, so we can, you know, chop up some ball, or whatever, uh, I'm not quite sure when I'm gonna do that, but, Anyways, let's get into this game. Um, so starting out, the Clippers were missing some shots. Uh, and the Nuggets, on the other hand, were the complete opposite, knocking down shots. Will Barton got off to a solid start. Had a few buckets here and there. Um, I mean, you've, you come to see this for the Clippers, but not as of recently. They just didn't have a lot of pop uh, to start the game. There was just zero pop in anyone. Not a lot of ball movement. Just a ton of stupid post-up for Marcus Morris. No dribble, isolation, same thing for everyone else, Kawhi, PG, just little isos, just not moving the ball early. Uh, and The Clippers, when they tend to move the ball early in the game, it tends to carry on for the rest of the game. So uh, getting into those bad habits early where the ball just sticks or just doesn't move, it's just not a good sign for later on in the game. Um, Jokic pick up two fouls, he subbed out, and Ty Lu subbed out Zubats at the same time just to kind of master minutes. So I thought that was pretty smart from Ty Lue. The Clippers trailed 31 to 20 after one. There's no energy for most of the quarter, um, and then once Terrence Mann checked in, uh, he finally we finally got some downhill, you know, ball movement, got some, some paint touches or whatever, and the energy was a little bit better. Um, obviously, you know, Terrence has been that guy that comes in ever since Papel has been out. He's been that guy that comes in and brings energy to the team. So Terrence Man has filled that role very, very well. And Luke came in. He came in for a little while. He didn't play too much tonight, and rightfully so. He was one, like one of five from the field, two points in 15 minutes or whatever, if I remember correctly. I forgot to pull up the stats again, so I apologize about that. But one thing with Luke that I really like is you didn't see this a lot from him at the beginning of the season when he would, he would drive middle with his right. He drove right with his middle, stopped on a dime. And he just pulled up a little fadeaway midi, and he's really really good at that. So that was his only basket tonight. It was, it came really, really early in his uh, first shift. So that was really, really nice to see. He's been really, really good at that shot. He hits that shot consistently. Doesn't matter if there's a hand in his face. He's just, he got that shot down. Um. So PG, Um. he was hunting J Mike on the perimeter, which was nice. He got to the line a few times in that second quarter. Um. And Terrence, man, like I said, man, I've said so many times that his rebounding is legit. He was getting offensive rebounds, putting the ball back up. He was doing a ton of good stuff tonight. Uh, we'll get into more of his stats a bit later on. Next up, we have the inability, the Clippers' inability to finish any sort of layup on the fast break. There was a sequence where Paul George missed that atrocious layup that went viral on Twitter, of course, because anything bad done by PG gets just gets Blown up on Twitter. And Batum got that rebound, and he just missed a bunny as well. Um, so, that was awesome. I mean, that's pretty much the difference in the game, right? I mean, there are multiple bunnies missed around the rim. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool to see. And then, obviously, you know, the Nuggets, uh, they have that little point guard, uh, Faku. Camposo, he's he's a fun watch. I can't lie, he's pretty fun to watch out there. He's like five ten, I believe. And I think uh, Brian Siemens said on the, the the um the broadcast tonight that he's like the shortest undrafted player to get signed or whatever, something like that. Um, but he was relentlessly getting attacked on defense. Uh, Faku was, of course, uh, by Paul George. He would try to get that switch onto him, and he would just dribble him down into the paint, of course. So if the Clippers and the Nuggets match up again in the playoffs, I don't see. Kept positive, getting a lot of run. Um, And then Paul George getting those mismatches with Jermichael and Faku. He's taking them to the basket. And Paul George got a ton of free throw attempts in the second quarter. I believe he shot about six. in that second quarter around six to eight. So that's really good to see from PG. Uh, But, I mean, the story of the first half and most of the entire night uh, was the Clippers couldn't stop any of the Denver cutters. Like, they were just getting backdoored all day, sleeping on defense, uh, the Nuggets got a ton of layers, specifically Aaron Gordon, who I think is a really, really good fit for the Nuggets. His athleticism pretty much replaces Jeremy Grants and he's that good defender um that they can throw at Kawhi, that big guy, that big athletic guy that they can just throw at Kawhi um uh whenever they want to, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Zoo picked up his third foul, and then once they went small, they had Mook at the five, and then they started they started to involve Jokic in every action. And this is what I wanted the Clippers to do more in the playoffs because every time in the bubble last season they would go involve Joker in everything, they got a they got a good look off of it because obviously you know Joker he's he's big, he can't defend in space, so you you just relentlessly run him in the pick and roll to tire him out or make, and make him guard in space or whatever. So that's what it's something I would do more, especially come playoff time. Um, hopefully Ty Lue picks up on that. Um, and hopefully that's something he saw from last season. And Kawhi had a ton of good looks, but he uh, short, he was missing short tonight. Didn't really have those legs in the first half. Um, so, yeah, he was shorting a lot of floaters, mid-ranges. Uh, he was pretty bad in the first half, to be quite honest with you. And all in all, I mean, the Clippers still haven't had their le- They don't have their legs under them. I mean, they're as you know, they're a lot older uh, compared to the NBA. They're one of the oldest teams in the league, and playing like these six games in nine nights, these back to backs, they it takes a toll more on them more so than like a younger team or whatever. So that's something to know. I mean, context matters in all of this kind of stuff. So I mean, they're still they're getting their legs under them. Obviously, PG and Morris are coming off of injuries, uh, so you gotta kind of cut them some slack. And on oh, no, all this team is is in the midst of a brutal stretch. I mean. Nine-game homestand. That's the best part about it. It's a nine-game homestand. But these guys are getting one day of rest. And they're finally, finally, at right now, getting two days of rest before they play the Lakers on Sunday. So this is a well-needed rest during this brutal stretch. So hopefully we can get a dub against the Lakers. The very, very short-headed Lakers who have been dreadful without their two stars, of course. I mean, rightfully so. Um It, it happens. Uh So my halftime thoughts. Um This is the... Perfect game where Patrick Beverly's energy is truly missed. I mean, his energy is contagious of, of just to the whole team. And, you know, everyone knows this. Every Clipper fan knows this. His energy is contagious. That's something you really, really miss in this game. The team came out dead right off the start. And having Pat Bev's energy there would have really, really helped. So that's just that was a big thought on my mind. I was like, man, I really, really miss Pat Bev right now. And just, Quiet and PG have to be better. Um, I mean, they were combined like 5 of 17 in the first half or something like that. Something really, really bad. And obviously, you cut PG some slack. His toe has been nagging on him. Uh, it's been blinkering on ever since, you know, that Cleveland, after that Cleveland game. He's kind of, his numbers have been significantly worse. So. Anyways, start of the second half. Uh, the first possession for the Clippers started off in a shot clock violation, so that was really, really uh, awesome to see. I mean, Clippers, you know, just locked in, of course, and getting a shot clock violation, first possession of the second half. And Kawhi decided to turn into Kobe Bryant um, a little bit, uh, a few minutes into the third and it's not like he was doing this with, like, Jamal Murray on him or something. He had Aaron Gordon on him. Uh, Kawhi was in some tough fadeaways. He just pulled out his MJ and Kobe shit. He was on in that third quarter. He really, really turned it on. And, I mean, with Kawhi turning it on, that, that energy wasn't contagious. The, the Clippers still couldn't defend a turtle off the ball. They were getting back cut, letting anyone cut. AG's still getting some dunks down there. Easy looks around the basket. I mean, Joker is Joker, as good of a passer as he is. He's going to find those guys that are cutting every single time. He's never going to miss a guy cutting. So, I mean, that was that. The Clippers still – the defensive intensity wasn't there for most of the night. Um, but, I mean, eventually the Clippers cut it to 10. Um, finally playing with some more urgency. Um, Kawhi had 11 in that third quarter. Like I said, he was on his Kobe ship. He finally turned it up in the third – the Kawhi was complete he's a completely different person in that second half, which is really, really nice to see. He'd be able to turn it on whatever he wants. Um the Clippers eventually went into a scoring drought towards the end of the third. And I was getting really pissed off because Kawhi didn't get any touches in the last four minutes of that quarter. And he was he was scorching the nets. He had like he had eleven in the third. and the final four minutes, he just didn't touch the ball. I thought there was a little too much Terrence, man. Terrence was he was doing some stupid shit with the ball. He was taking some. He, used to, he took like two dumb shots that I thought. I was like, nah. I mean, I get it. He's confident. He's co- His confidence is through the roof right now, so I totally get it. But I think some of those touches that Terrence had, he definitely should have you know looked for Kawhi more often because Kawhi was he was killing it in the third. So I mean, it's inexcusable to have your best player, especially when they're on fire, to not touch the ball for four straight minutes, let alone at the end of a quarter. So I was pretty frustrated with that. But I mean, that's just like. He, Terrence is young. He'll learn. I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. And Zubats. I haven't really talked about Zubats tonight. He continued to struggle around the basket tonight. For the most part, he had missed a couple bunnies, and he said he's had some trouble finishing these past few games. His touch hasn't been as good as it has been for most of the season. So that was a little bit concerning. Well, it's not concerning. It was, it was a bit annoying. Uh, Zoo also. He's been having trouble. He had trouble rebounding tonight. He was getting uh, out rebounded pretty badly tonight. Four rebounds in 29 minutes, which is something you obviously want to see go up. But, I mean, for the most part, Zou's been really good on the rebounds, both offensively and defensively, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I mean, fatigue could be a factor as well uh, for that. And Paul George finally had a three, cut the lead to five, and then Terrence Mann cut it to a one-point game after he had a little fadeaway mini on the right baseline. But, I mean, Dever responded. They really, really did. I mean, Jamal Murray, he's just a big shot maker, I think. I I think the bubble was definitely a bit fluky. With I mean, you don't see a guy go from 34% three-point shooting in the regular season, jump up to like 48 on increased volume. You don't ever see that. But I definitely think he has taken a leap this year, 100%. Jamal Murray has taken a pretty decent-sized leap. He's just a big shot maker. He's made some tough shots tonight. He made some really, really good shots tonight. Um, He covered really, really timely shots as well. But, I mean, to be quite honest, the the first half really kicked the Clippers' ass. I mean, they, they really just dug themselves too big of a hole in that first half. That's just pretty much it. Uh, the Clippers were still missing layups in the second half. But they were defending. I mean, the shots weren't falling uh, in the second half to some degree at some points. But they were defending. The defense was still solid. It gave them a chance in the game. They were still in it for the most Part, but like I said, they just dug themselves in too big of a hole. Uh, they were just fighting an uphill battle the entire time, so that's what kind of screwed them over. Um, so I'm gonna read off some clutch stats, but I I couldn't care less about clutch stats. they they just don't mean anything. But Kawhi has played 50 minutes in the clutch. Oh, he's 107th in the league. He's averaging two points, one ass- rebound, and point three assists in 17 games. Uh, so to, for perspective, he's played seventeen game, fifteen minutes in seventeen games of clutch time. Damian Lillard leads the league in clutch scoring at five points per game in twenty-seven games. The Clippers are seven and eleven now in clutch games. Kawhi plays in, but I mean, I I don't give a fuck about clutch stats. They don't mean anything. Uh, to be honest, they don't translate to the playoffs. So, uh, to be honest, clutch they just don't matter. I have no idea why. I just read that to you. I just thought it. You know. It was interesting. It was interesting. It's definitely like uncharacteristic, but it's an insanely small sample size, so I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, Kawhi is in the, in the clutch uh, whenever there has been a chance. He's been really shaky. Uh, there's no denying that, but I mean, it just that just doesn't translate to anything. Like it doesn't mean anything. So, um, but the, uh, another big story is like, if the Clippers can make a layup tonight, we're having a different conversation about this game. It's that simple. I mean. They had a, I could think I could think of five missed Bunnies they had at the rim and they only lost by what I don't even have the score they they, they didn't lose by a lot I think they lost by single digits if I remember correctly like nine or ten or something I, I, those bunnies go in this is a different ball game it's just it's that simple anyways the Clippers lose lose twice in a row they're now 32 and 18 after going on a six game win streak uh, they have fallen twice in a row and they're still in that 3 seed, but they are one and a half games ahead of the Blazers who are the 6 seed, so that 3-6 through six race is looking juicy right now I can't lie, Kawhi had 24-12-4 and, and he had to work hard as hell for those 24 points tonight, he was just getting he was getting, they are packing the paint all night tonight uh, the Dem- Nuggets were so Kawhi really, really had to work for those 24 points tonight, 10-22 to from the field which isn't bad, it's not great, but it's not bad at all PG, 17-8-5 five on 5-15. Five Terrence Mann, 18-6-2 on 8-10 to from the field. And so post game, a post-game quote that I wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, Paul George, speaking post-game, I think Tomer Azarley asked a question about his foot, like what's been going on with his foot. And Paul George pretty much said his bone and flared up again. He can't bend his toes as much, causing him to not have pop in his step. And my thoughts on this, I just sit out. Please just sit out because you, the rest of the schedule is pretty weak. You can see, Paul George could take this time to fully heal right before the playoffs. You can get in a rhythm. Hopefully, maybe the last like five to ten games, he can come back fully healthy. He can get a little bit of a rhythm, go into the playoffs, and then he can be somewhat himself and work his way back up to that all star superstar level that he has been this season. And his numbers have been down. They have really, really been down uh, since his toe injury in early January, I believe. Early February. I can't remember which month it was him. Pretty sure it was January where he got hurt. Because I remember that Cleveland game where he had like 36 was like the last game he played before he sat out. So I think it was early January. Uh, but ever since then, man, he hasn't been the same, uh, just to be to be honest with you. He's still been really he, – he hasn't been great. I mean, he hasn't been like awful. But you can definitely see he's a bit slower. He's definitely a bit slower tonight. Uh, I mean, that's just like getting his feet under him again, but I mean, if his toe is swollen up again, man, there's just no reason the, the, the medical staff give should, should have given him the okay to play tonight. I posted on Twitter the other day, um, I was just like, should we be concerned that the medical staff is giving these guys the okay too soon to play? Like, these guys are getting hurt. They are hurting these same injuries. They are re-aggravating these same injuries. Pat Bev has been out like three different times this season with a knee injury. Marcus Morris recently just came back from reaggravating his calf or whatever. And Paul George is now have this lingering toe thing that could be fatal come playoff time. Like, it could really cost us. And I think a lot of this is bad luck. I mean, it could totally just be bad luck. But I think there should be a healthy amount of concern with the training staff as well, in my opinion, because there's definitely, like, some things that you could do or say to have these guys come back healthier by, you know... You can have him sit out longer. I mean, I, I this could definitely be Paul George is the type of guy. He will tough it out, and I don't like that. I mean, playing through a little bit of pain is fine, but, I mean, if your shit is still swollen, you should not be playing whatsoever. I mean, if it's just hurting a little bit, but if your shit is swelling up again, bro, you, you can't play. You need to sit out. You need to fully heal up. I don't know if it's, like, your shoes or something. I don't know if your shoes are too small. I know Paul George wears a really small shoe, but, I mean, his fingers are just small, I guess. So, I just have my concerns about that. Uh, I, In my opinion, I think Paul George should just sit for a little while longer. Let the injury fully heal, man, so you can be the best version of yourself come playoff time. Or at least, to some extent, be the best version of yourself. That's just my thoughts on that. I mean, like I said, the schedule is pretty weak. Uh, I think we can survive it. So, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. And that'll do it for the game tonight. The next game, I will be doing a recap on, will not be the Laker game, but the game after that, so thank you guys again for tuning in, I really do appreciate it, if you guys enjoyed, make sure you guys leave some feedback on Twitter, follow me at TreyLAC underscore, I really really appreciate it, make sure you guys follow on Spotify, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you guys choose to do so, thank you guys again for tuning in, and I'll see you guys in the next recap, peace.